Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Welcome to episode 200, 2022. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner in crime, owner of the Georgia Virtue, writer, journalist, dog mom, Jessica Salaji. Happy New Year, Dave. Happy New Year. How are your holidays? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, it is the Rona rage of 2022. It is. We we got hit. Well, I got hit with Rona. Um, it, what? Yeah, well, yeah, and we had grand plans to do stuff over the holidays uh, with you and me. Uh, I mean, not together, but as far as doing some stuff for the show and doing some interviews for the show, but... You went out and got the Rona. I did, and I had a fairly mild case. I mean, I was pretty sick, but relatively speaking, you know, I, I've, I was, I fared well um, compared to how some of the stories we've heard about people. But I, I also feel lucky. You know, it took how many months? Almost, I guess, like twenty-one months to hit me. That's yeah, a long time. Especially as many courts uh, that you walk into. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you cover criminal cases, and those are people that have been in lockup. Well, sure, but I mean, I'm not sitting, like, next to them. Well, something that, that Matt Lowe and I covered on our show is coronavirus is very prevalent in white-tailed deer. So I was wondering which deer you were kissing. Mm. Uh, the reindeer. The reindeer. It, mm-hmm. it was it was Christmas, and very sorry, very sorry it happened to you. I'm glad it was a was a mild case because there are people that again on ventilators, and we talked about it a little a little before the show that there are people, especially at the beginning of this, ventilator shortages and hospitals overflowing with with COVID patients and everything else, and this new variant. Not to make light of it because it it still does affect people. Seems to be, from outside person, you have more firsthand experience, obviously, a case of the flu, where it hangs around for a week and then you feel like crap for a month. Yeah, I I would mostly agree with that. I mean, like you said, and I think that's what's so um, alarming about COVID, like no matter what your perspective is on how it all is unfolding and impacting our lives but it's you don't know how it's going to impact certain people and then of course it's changing and mutating so you really don't know how it's going to impact people um and so i think there's like a little bit of a mental game that it plays with you too when you realize that you have it because you're like okay so like you try to analyze like what actually feels bad right and then when you think about it like you can convince yourself that you feel I, I'm a believer that you can convince yourself you feel better than you do, and you can also convince yourself that you feel worse than you do. Um, but well, well, Connie was on vacation between Christmas and New Year's, and that Thursday and Friday, the 30th and 31st, her bank had multiple branches closed because of COVID. The did not have enough employees. To staff them, because because they were down. And look, we've conditioned ourselves to playing hurt. Uh, so much of, of 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 my professional career, if you're not on the, your deathbed, you go to work. Mm-hmm. If you're going to use a sick day, you go play golf. Sure. Uh, so, but, but we play hurt. We, we say, okay, I've got a low grade fever. I'm fine. Or I've got the sniffles. I'm fine. You, you, you may not feel great, but you get a big cup of coffee and say, all right, I'm going to gut this out and you go to work. And what we're finding out with this is that's a horrible idea. And, and Connie had employees were like, no, I'm fine. I'll go. And she's like, the, the hell you will. You stay home until you don't, you don't, not only uh, not just a low grade fever, but you have no fever and you're not taking any fever reducing medicine or, you know, it's, that's, a, that's corporate, you know, that's not a Connie rule. That's, that's corporate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Personally, I would have, 
you know, of course, there's nobody around that week. That's that's the week that there's nobody at senior management. I would have taken the healthy people from all the branches that were closing and put them together to staff other branches so that they could stay open. But that's me thinking like a business owner, not somebody working for a corporation. Sure. Well, I, I, I mean, I most I slept a lot. Like I slept most of the days that I was sick, and so when I woke up, and I mean, I talked to you. You said that you know Connie's branch was closed, and I I saw some other things, and I'm like, oh wow, there's like a, there's like a surge going on. Like I didn't even I had no idea what was going on in the world. I got up, would take my medicine, take the dogs out, and go right back to bed, um, and sleep and sleep and sleep and get up, take the dogs out eat a little something and go back to sleep. And then I slept through like through the night, had no, no news, no TV, nothing. It was, so it was bizarre. a ronication. Yeah. Except yeah, that the only way to get you to disconnect was to get coronavirus. <laughs> is, is to yeah. nearly kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not, yeah. not the best way for you to disconnect for, for, for a week, but <laughs> I did but, feel rested though. I mean, at the very end, not during it, but afterwards I was like, wow, I think my body has like rested. Like this is wow. kind of cool. Is, <laughs> this is what sleep feels like. Yeah. And for those that don't know, uh, I'll get messages from from Jessica at at two o'clock in the morning, or see uh, stories that because you know, I could see, obviously see the time that things come in come into me. I'm like, what the hell are you doing up at two thirty a.m.? I, well, I was, I, then I realized she works for herself. She owns the company. And if something pops into her head of, of a story or something else, it's go hack it out right now. So you, you are a very industrious person. And then you're back up and in court at 830 or else they won't let you in to to go and cover a court case. Yeah. Not totally kissing your ass here, but it, it is, you, you do work very hard. Well, Thanks. <laughs> well, I don't have his compliment, but yeah. <laughs> so we have some loose ends from 2021. We have a follow-up on the Penny case. Yeah, remember the guy that paid his employee or former employee in in a truck full of pennies, right? Like, didn't he back up and just yeah, dump he backed him out? up a truck, dumped out. Uh, I can't remember how much money it was in pennies, but. Uh, it was like three thousand dollars in pennies, and then covered them in oil. Yeah, and, and with a note saying, "Here's your final payment." After the guy's like, "Hey, man, you owe me money. You need to pay for my wages." It was a, he's he's that a, was a, when Coinstar did the real MVP thing and took the money anyway. And didn't they like match it? They did. They didn't take their usual ten percent or whatever they take. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, good on Coinstar. It, it was uh, because it was a national story. Three grand is the cheapest advertising you will ever get on TV because the news was, was carrying it. Yeah, but the jerk who backed his truck up and dumped all the pennies out—I <laughs> think he regrets it now. He's getting sued by the Department of Justice. Or Department of Labor, excuse me. Yes, for thirty uh, something thousand dollars for lost wages. Yep. And Miles Walker, I guess yeah. they said that he violated the retaliation overtime and record keeping prohibitions of the Fair Labor Standards Act. And what I said to you when when you shot the story to him it was the nail that sticks up gets hammered down. It, it they found other violations on him that he was having people work uh, the overtime he was paying. Straight, straight pay. So a person was making fifteen bucks an hour uh, over uh, over forty hours. It's supposed to be time and a half. He was continuing to pay them fifteen bucks an hour. So they had he not been an a hole, the DOL would not have been give, giving him a colonoscopy, looking for something to hang him. Well, and um, the Department of Labor, I guess they opened an investigation into what he did to the former employee. Um, and I guess it took like seven hours to remove all of those pennies and, and clean them because it stained the driveway or something. And so they, again, and that's like not the end of the world, but the Department of Labor and started investigating the employer as a whole because he had put defamatory statements about that former employee on the company's website. And they were selling a T-shirt that said, Penny for your thoughts. So the the employer was a complete jerk and like doubled down every chance he get got and never even 
try to walk back on it, which yeah, ballsy. I guess that's respectable. No, no, no. Oh, no, I, no, I respect it. Ballsy, ballsy, ballsy. Okay, so uh, there's there was a football player named Brian Bosworth uh, back in the late '80s, early '90s, uh, called the Boz. Uh, and there's there was a, a, when he came out of college and went into the NFL, they said uh, uh, he was a bust. So fans were in the stands wearing shirts that said the Boz is a bust. Bosworth owned the company making those shirts. Yeah. Just brilliant. I mean, absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and look. This, if you just handle your business, if you keep your head down, and I don't like the Department of Labor. I don't like labor laws in general. I don't like minimum wage laws. Uh, we have we have the right to choose for whom we work and for what wage. And if people are unhappy with working 45 hours at 15 bucks an hour, then you go find another job. But it is what it is. He decided to make an issue of it and make a statement on it and be an There's a-hole. consequences, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's the same same rule I have. If, look, if your license is suspended and you're driving, you better make sure everything on your car is legal. You have your, your, your tag light works, your blinkers work, you do the speed limit. You know, I see so many times with, with, with bookings, driving a suspended license, tail light out, speeding. I'm like, if you know your license is suspended, why the hell are you speeding? You make sure that sucker's clean. You know, well, it's like when people are hauling drugs. Why are you why are you speeding or cutting people off or doing stupid stuff when you're hauling drugs? I don't Right, yeah, you should be if you're riding dirty, you should be driving clean. Oh wow. Speaking of dirty, Dirty Dick Donovan pleaded guilty to unprofessional conduct just last week. I am I am miffed about this, and I can't remember. I remember you asked me, because you always ask me about Jackie Johnson, Mark Jones, all of these that we've discussed. You said, do you think he'll spend a day in jail? And I think I said no. I don't remember. But I am super miffed about the plea, because if you recall, he was charged with bribery, two counts of false swearing, and violating his oath of office. And we've talked at length about the violating violation of oath of office charge, which is like basically a sentence enhancer for people who um, are in, in a position of power or elected office or appointed position. And they abuse that. It's supposed to be a way to ensure that they basically spend time behind bars. And he pled to none of the, like, I didn't even know that unprofessional conduct was a, a thing. Right. It has to be only for for either lawyers or elected uh, elected officials. Well, it's Donovan, an unprofessional conduct by engaging in malpractice, misfeasance, or malfeasance in office. So, yeah. Well, I'm I'm guessing that comes from the the time that he acted as her as the victim's personal attorney by by getting her off the shoplifting charge. Right. Look, he was dead to rights. If anything, and I don't, I don't want any uh, state agency going after somebody with vengeance. But if anybody is dead to rights, it's Dick Donovan. We have hours, and we've covered this on the show, hours and hours of painful, painful uh, audio recordings that this that this woman took. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paulding County shelled out three hundred grand. You know, Paulding's where I live. Uh, shelled out three hundred grand. I know. I understand it's their insurance and and all that stuff. Shelled out three hundred grand. He was not. It doesn't matter. It's still. He, he wasn't forced to make restitution for that. Right. No restitution. He was sentenced under the First Offender Act. Um, he's going to serve a year of probation. Obviously, you know, he was suspended, but he's collected his salary for the last twelve months. Um, right, and this and story so- actually goes back. To 2020, the only thing that killed the story, why it fell mm-hmm. off, was was coronavirus. Right, and he uh, was indicted in February last yeah. year. Yeah, and then yeah, it took a full year for him to be indicted, and almost another full year. And it, during this time, it, there was a, a we were working against the clock to get him fired or removed from office because. Mm-hmm. 
the 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 January 1, 2021, he became vested in the state retirement. Which can't be undone. They can't take that back no matter what happens. Well, they could fine him enough. Well, I guess, but you know what I mean, like he's, Yeah, he's he's, he's got he's got his retirement. Now, he did have to surrender his law license, but he's 76 but he's 70, damn years. Yeah. yeah, he's 76 damn years old. I mean, it's I, not I like think he was going to leave and go into private practice and start a practice. Give me a break. And look, the Donovan story is is if if you take out his personal stuff, it's fairly good. He he was a police officer, went to law school, went into private practice for years. Uh, I think his private practice started in '89, and then uh, became a district a district attorney. So if you look at it that, like, man, that's an American success story. You're talking about a guy who was a a, a street cop who went to, went to, said, you know, went to law school and he's going to go out and he's going to address the, the injustices in the system, but power corrupts. Boy, does it ever. And look, I, the, the tapes that, that I heard and, and I listened to hours and hours of it. it it's just, it is so painful to listen to. Like I've, it's, I've heard Isn't flirting. He married? Yes, quite. And I do wonder how long that marriage is going to uh, is going to last. Now that uh, he's no longer a state employee, no longer has state insurance and, and all that, I wonder if she's not going to take his pension and leave. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, honestly, you, you go go to court for your divorce and like, all right, Dick, do you want me to play these tapes? Uh, in court, or you just want to go ahead and give me what I'm asking for in the divorce? Right. The, the other thing is the judge was a Cobb County judge because every, every judge out in Paulding uh, recused themselves, which is understandable. But this judge has known him since 1979 or something Who like that. Judge? I, I'd have to I'd have to look it up, but the the judge of uh, uh, read him the riot act, saying, "You know, I've known you for the for so long, and I can't believe I'm having to, to say this to you." So, I understand the legal profession is fairly small, and if you're a it's DA, it's not that small. Well, if you're a DA, uh, there are going to be people that that you've interacted with, plus. Lawyers interact with each other all the time. Uh, one day you're arguing with somebody, the next day you're arguing against them. Uh, to them, it's just it's just a job. It's it's like being it's like sparring in a, in a boxing ring. But yeah, the judge has known him for decades. I just I'm really disappointed. I, you know, bribery and the I mean, they're they're. The charges were appropriate um, for what he did, and unprofessional conduct under the First Offender Act. I don't even think elected officials should be allowed to use the First Offender Act if they committed the crime in their official capacity. Well, I can't speak to that, but there should be one year probation. There should have been some. I'm not saying I ever expected Donovan to sit in a state prison. But it sure does seem like Carr's office looked for a win without actually getting a win. This isn't a win. Right. No, I agree. But on uh, when it's looked back on in 20 years and say, oh, well, they got a conviction. They got a guilty plea. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, I'm very close to the situation because I'm in Paulding County. I know Dick Donovan. I, I know I'm friends with his replacement, Matthew Rollins, who is the... Uh, temporary, hopefully named permanent DA, just for uh, uh, recruiting purposes, for for keeping good lawyers in that office. And I'm supporting uh, for his run uh, this year for district attorney. He's he's a great guy. Uh, you know, he was put in an awful place with with this one, but uh, man, I the folks out not here as are, awful as that poor woman. My God, I, the people out here are pissed. Why? Because because they don't think justice was done. Well, they should have been more vocal when it happened. A lot of them were. Remember the the news of this disappeared with coronavirus. 
It, yeah. it, it was so people out here, the, the people in the know out here were furious with Dick Donovan, mostly for the money. Yeah. Then when uh, the, actually the person who broke the, the audio was Matt Lowe. Yeah, I've got I've, I've got a, a note on that uh, about Matt Lowe and his journalistic uh, ethics uh, on my closing thought later, but he got a hold of it and he was there. The even the people in the ca- at the county were telling him, "Don't go anywhere. We can't give this to you until five o'clock. Don't go anywhere," because they knew what it was. Everybody was done with Donovan out here. He needs to tuck his tail and run. I, I understand that everything works and he's not out of practice. That's one Ugh. of his quotes. Ugh. I know. Look, he is six five, just he, he's slovenly. And one of the mo- worst offenses is he carried a Ruger LCP, which is a, a 380, very small gun, outside his waistband. And I'm like, man, you need to hide that in your pocket. If you're going to carry something outside of your waistband, at least make it something full size and manly. He's not manly. No, he's not. Manly men don't don't prey upon their employees, knowing that they have nowhere they can run. So, New Year, same handouts. State funded pre kindergarten and child care teachers in Georgia will get a second round of thousand dollar bonuses. From federal coronavirus aid. This is nuts. I mean, our state is turning into the, you know, everybody but a hard worker in the private sector gets $1,000. Kemp has crawled up teachers' butts. Well, he ran on that. I know. And there are so many of them in the state. That and we're in election year. I mean, it, it. This is governmental bribery. He knows he's in for a fight this year. But I just do you know? I okay. Do you know anyone who's like, yeah, I'm voting for Kemp because of that stimulus. Basically, is what it is. Uh, no, because didn't, that's didn't work for Trump. No, it didn't. But but. I don't I don't understand why they think it translates to votes like the democratic model of handouts is is a lifestyle not a and and it's like a like in the mind of voters I think I don't think you can cancel out everything else with $1000. No, you can't. And I don't know I'm going to out socialize Stacey Abrams. I mean, is that the plan? Well, you can't. The woman is... Right. So when you do stuff like that, all you do is piss off fiscal conservatives. Right. You're, you are not going to bribe yourself into uh, into out-socializing a Democrat. No, I, I, I don't know. I... You don't get into being a pre-K teacher. You don't get into being a teacher thinking it's going to, I've said this many times, thinking you're going to get rich. The best, the best you can do well, is, 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 is okay. And to be clear, this wasn't Kemp's decision. I mean, it's his administration and it's coming from the Department of Early Care and Learning, which, you know, he, he appointed Amy Jacobs. Um, but she said that it was a small, yet significant way to recognize the dedication and hard work shown during the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay. What? 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 They, were, they, were, they were sending kids home. Well, the and, pre-K and getting, stayed open. Because remember, they got special. They were considered essential. Essential, Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. There was all that. And, but... So, so you, you, you gave them a special classification and deemed them essential and then rewarded them for it. They never missed a paycheck. You know who did? Bartenders, waiters, waitresses, restaurant owners. Those people missed paychecks. Teachers, pre-K teachers, college professors never missed a damn paycheck. 
Apparently, they sent us. They set aside sixty-five million dollars for these payments earlier, or I guess last year, um, and it all went to the thirty-three thousand teachers, which came out to thirty-three point four million dollars after everything. Um, so basically, they budgeted an amount of money because you know they got that lump sum from the federal government. Um, they budgeted a lump sum and and dispersed it, knowing that they were going to have almost double that left over. I, I I really hate this the concept, and I hear this. You know, I'm involved with local government uh, where I am. Those aren't our funds; those are federal. Those aren't our funds; those are state. It's still my money, a hole. Mm-hmm. Man, ah, I don't know. I look. I, I know I hammer teachers. I don't dislike teachers. I I, I love teachers. I, I absolutely do. Uh, I hate teachers unions, and I and I hate bribery. I just don't. I I don't know what need this fulfills. Other than I'm I'm sure these pre K teachers will will appreciate the thousand dollars. I just don't know what this solves other than unless it's one of those use it or lose it things for the state. we got to figure out what to do with these coronavirus funds. No, they have like five years to do it. And what's what's even more frustrating is that, like I said, they have double the money left over that they allocated. How many other agencies are about to do the same thing? Because I've heard rumors about other entities that are going to be handing out money and, you know, Oh, don't think for a minute that the teachers unions aren't already warming up their uh, their uh, collecting bags. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why would you give it to them, not to us? The state agencies are doing the same thing. Hey, 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 hey. We were essential. We had to give people tags. Why don't you give give all the... the the uh, uh, tag folks, I don't know what they're called, but tag folks, a bonus. Well, what about us? We're jailers. We had to operate the jails during coronavirus. Why don't we get a bonus? I don't, I, I don't like picking of winners and losers. And I absolutely abhor government handouts. Right. So I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, I guess that's his thing. He has been consistent with education and doing handouts for, for educators. And in, I don't know, in your book, Jessica, you do have a certain amount of respect for consistency. Hmm. This is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions. And not those of anyone, not on the show, or any respective company for which we, we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over at thegeorgiavirtue.com. Everybody, I want you to grab your wallet and hold it tightly. The Georgia legislature returns today in an effort to ruin our lives while scoring votes for re-election. Ugh. It's the worst time of the year. <laughs> it's the best time of the year for news. Ralston announced... Though? Is it, though? Oh, it's never good news. <laughs> Ralston announced last week uh, that uh, the first day of session will begin earlier than usual, 8.30 a.m., to give Instead lawmakers... Yeah, lawmakers a chance to travel to Indianapolis for Monday night's college football championship game between Georgia and Alabama. Priorities. Priorities. And there are a bunch of them going. Of course, because... Well, I'm not going to... I won't say because I'm not certain, but... They do things to get those tickets. I, I, I'm not going to go as far as say uh, quid pro quo, but yeah, uh, that's one of those things. That's one of the the fringe benefits of being under the gold dome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're legally, requ- I think they're constitutionally required to convene on the second Monday of the year, which 
and they always start at 10 a.m. And obviously they are not swearing anybody in because it's in the middle of a term. So they usually just go procedurally anyway. Um, well, it's just, an election year and it gives you a chance to go out there, put on red and black and, you know, put your finger in the air and say, you know, go dogs and all that stuff and, and put that stuff out on social media and on mailers and all that stuff. I don't I, I don't have a problem with going to games and stuff like that. I, I, I have a problem with moving session around to accommodate it. Like if you absolutely if, if you work a job, if you work Monday through Friday and you get tickets to the game, guess what? You gotta take a vacation day, or your boss might say, You can't have Monday off. I'm sorry. I I know the game is You asked is for Monday this night. job. Right. That's another thing. Not only did you ask for it, you spent money to get it. I mean this Someone is not else's money. Yeah, often. Oftentimes. This is not a, uh, I'm a mechanic and this is the job I could get. He wouldn't let me off on Monday. This is, I have another job uh, that I'm going to tell that I, that they have to let me go because I'm on state business and then go on vacation. And, and again, I, I don't care one way or the other. I I would have been fine with them gaveling in on Wednesday if, if it was if it was constitutionally allowed. It, it doesn't... It, it doesn't bother me. It's a, it's a big deal for the state of Georgia. I am not a Georgia fan. It is not a big deal for the state of Georgia. It is a big deal for University of Georgia fans. Full stop. It is not a big deal for our state. Those universities and those athletic foundations get so much like privilege and, and special treatment and nonsense. They aren't. I mean, give me a freaking break. Now that's that's disingenuous. Look, it was a big deal for for the state of Georgia when the Atlanta Braves won the World no, Series. No, it wasn't. It was a big deal for Atlanta Braves fans. There, it's only a big deal because you say that it's a big deal because people put athletics on a pedestal un, unwarranted and unnecessarily. That's because you don't like ball sports. No, it's not. That is not. I don't. I don't dislike sports, and I don't. It's not. That's not why I think that. I think people miss completely misplace. Like they let it impact their lives in ways that it shouldn't. It's sports. You're. You don't even play. You're not part of the team. You're just a fan. They don't care who you are. They just want your money. Well, of course they do. Right. So don't of even. Of I mean, like, Let's not I'm act not, like. I'm, I'm not saying it's the most important thing in the state, but they're. For one, I think that the national championship should be done on Saturday because they start it so late. And football. Why is it done on Monday? Hell if I know. Is it, I mean, I know that it's been like that for as long as I can remember, but has it always been that way? Well, yes. And the reason it's always been that way is the championship is not that old. Right. Traditionally, uh, when I was a kid, there was no national championship game. You just uh, you you played your bowl games, mm-hmm. and then the writers would get together and have a poll and choose who was the best team. There was no de facto. Uh, there was a, there was de facto championships like you'd have one and two play each other in a bowl game and decide that. But there was no structured yeah. thing. And then the bowl championship series came out, and that that became a thing. And now we have a playoff. That that leads to this national championship. Uh, I don't know why it's on Monday. I don't. Super Bowl is held on Sunday because that's when pro plays. I would like to see that move to Saturday because the production on Super Bowl Monday is awful because everybody's up till you know one o'clock in the well, morning. Well, we we move session for that too. Right. Even though our teams are never good enough to go. Don't say never. Wow. They can get. We can get there. It just you know you go into halftime at twenty eight to three and blow it in the second half. I'm not bitter at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it it, it is it's, it's, even for city of Atlanta to, to to bring back a championship because you know Georgia traditionally does not have a lot of championships. I, I think Georgia won in 1980. You weren't born yet. Mm-hmm. Uh. The Braves in Atlanta have two after being in the playoffs many, many times. They have two championships. So 
you know, for for the I say for the people of the state, for the fans, for the people that even casually observe. Even if I'm not a basketball fan, if if the Hawks win a championship, I'm like, ah, oh, that's a big deal. But I, I don't know about I don't I, I don't care. I I just don't care. It's, it's something to note that uh, it was a big enough deal for Ralston to to manipulate session. We're manipulating session so they can socialize and do recreational things. That's uh, an absolute true statement. I cannot tell you why you're wrong on that one. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not? Correct. <laughs> like talking to my damn wife. <laughs> so Kemp has a proposal to make Georgia a constitutional carry state. Yeah. Uh, he made this announcement at Adventure Outdoors, I believe, which is in Smyrna. Uh, owners actually live in Paulding County. Uh, they're, they're a fine family. Um, Jess? Yeah. I mean, it's. I think the more appropriate term is permitless carry. Um, I think there's 21 states that currently have that, like Tennessee, um, West Virginia. I don't know. There's lots of states, but um, it, there, it's diverse. Some of them have been that way. Tennessee only enacted it last year. I, I remember that. But, um, I, you know, I don't think that anyone should have to have a license to carry a gun. I don't. First of all, you know, in in the state of concealed carry means that the weapon is concealed. So you don't know if someone has it. Um, if you... If you don't know they have it, you don't know whether or not they have a, quote, license to carry it. And then, and then if you do know they have a gun, you still don't know if they have a license to carry it. And you're not allowed to ask and law enforcement's not allowed to ask. So all we're doing is generating money for the state. And if you support these, quote, licenses, I mean, that's, that's all you support because there's no evidence that it really does anything to protect or make something more dangerous either way. Look, my version of constitutional carry is I can carry a machine gun into the state house. I don't disagree. If, if we're going to st- say constitutional, that means I can go buy an A10 and park it at my front yard. It's permitless carry. It's it is. Per- it, it is permitless carry. And the different versions I've seen of the bill, uh, not the, this particular uh, of bills that have been proposed, and I've read uh, several that I don't think were ever dropped. Uh, what it does is it expands the availability to carry for people who don't have permits, but it still gives preference to those who go and purchase the license. Now, I, 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 of course, want the state to continue to issue licenses because that gives you reciprocity in other states. Well, I was about to say, Georgia Carry, which they just rebranded to Georgia 2A, I think. They just rebranded their entire organization. They have long been opposed to permitless carry for that exact reason. And, and in fact, that when you take away the permits... or it it will it's not that they it's it's not that they oppose you know deregulation it's that the way that things are set up um in our laws like you would be able to carry fewer places um and so it would to truly do it correctly would require adjusting a lot um and and i'm not sure that i trust our legislators to properly do that in i'm not saying they shouldn't but i just i don't have much faith in them doing it but um you're well, right. They should. If people want to get a license, they should still be able to so that they can go to Florida. They can go to Alabama. And, and, I, and, and I believe that will continue to be the case. Uh, you take something, a beautiful idea. Let's say a nice Chateaubriand, you know, an entire filet cut. And then you throw it into a sausage grinder. And it comes out. It's no longer filet mignon. And that's what happens with, it doesn't matter what level of government you're at. We have this beautiful idea that constitutional carry, you can carry anywhere you want. Uh, you can you have an absolute right endowed by our creator to defend yourself. And you can carry anywhere you want. And it goes into a sausage grinder and they start doing carve outs. What about church? What about here? What about there? And, and of course, I, I support the idea. 
I haven't read the proposal. I I think that actually I know that the idea of having a permit to carry a firearm is our last surviving Jim Crow law. Sure. Absolutely. If you cannot charge a poll tax because you have a constitutional right to vote, you cannot charge a gun tax because you have a constitutional right to bear arms. Now, but the, the courts Democrats disagree with me. don't know. <laughs> They're too dumb. They don't know that that's it was a it was a racist law. Yeah, Martin, Martin Luther King was denied a carry permit for that very reason. Yeah, absolutely. It's a Jim Crow law. But somehow Democrats were the champion of it back then and the champions of it now. Mm-mm-mm. Welcome the new boss, the same as the old boss. So anyway, Kemp also is proposing to give che- teachers da 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 a pay raise. Yeah, because you know, initially he wanted to do that bonus, and then he didn't do the whole thing, and teachers were mad. So of course he's quote circling back, and um, yeah, I mean, election, election year, year, election yeah. year, election year. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal. And and I blame Vernon Jones and Candace Taylor and David Perdue for part of that because, um, you know, they're – he, you know, he – of course Kemp could do the principal fiscal conservative thing and, and – but they're – he knows what they're going to attack him on, which is promises made and promises kept and all that um, and – so we have to have these conversations when the teachers aren't going to vote for Kemp anyway. Uh, those who are loyal to the union won't. There are a lot of teachers who will. Uh, I don't want to make a blanket statement on that, but they're not going to do it because of a pay raise or because well, of not getting a pay raise. When I say teachers, I'm talking about like the organizations. and They're not going to come out and endorse Kemp. They always endorse the Democrat. Right. It doesn't matter what you give a union they are not going to support a Republican. That's just the way it is. That, that, that They're just not. It, you can't buy them off, Brian. You just can't. Right. So, Jessica, are the lawmaker pay raises coming back? Well, you know, that legislation last year about giving them the raise that would go with the cost of living adjustment um, where it could only go up and never go down, and I think it was something like forty-eight thousand dollars a year up from their current seventeen. That is still on the table um, because it didn't. I mean, it wasn't. Um, it didn't fail last year. It just didn't continue moving, so it's technically still alive. So I fully anticipate um, that being added. I could totally see that being added to something like. Um, raises for teachers or some sort of mandate for pay yeah, raises for some law of the vehicle bill yeah well no i i'm not not a vehicle bill but actually being included in there so that kind of like what they did with the citizens arrest thing where they uh made it so that um like law enforcement got some additional privilege or i forget what it was now but just adding a a thorn in something that's supposed to be a rose mm-hmm. yeah Nice. Yeah. Ah, it would be really tough in an election year. Very tough. That they had a better chance last year being being a uh, off year. I I would be surprised if a bunch of people looking for re-election gave themselves pay raises. I, I'd be shocked. Yeah, it may, but I mean, it's- it may it may come back at twenty three. But I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't see it this year. The only thing is, is that there's so much going on. There's so much infighting and so many issues on, on the chopping block that it doesn't really. I mean, there's going to be so much happening in in November 2022. I'm not sure that. And and the thing that works against it is that Democrats and Republicans both want the raise. Well. If it does come through, it'll be three o'clock in the morning on CNADA. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. or as they call it in Georgia, sign die. With their ugly seersucker suits. <laughs> You're freaking adults, not four-year-old little boys. So, I, I don't know, man. Uh, that, well, that's how they got, that's usually how they pass their gun bills, but, right, but with the governor pushing mm-hmm. it, it, it has a chance. It just, they're going to call something constitutional carry that's probably not. Uh, same thing with this. They're not going to call to pay raise. The, the, you're right. They may sneak it in with the teacher bill. A cost of living adjustment for lawmakers. Right. But that's going to feed campaign fodder for anybody running against them. Well, and I know that we're running long on time, but did you see where David Perdue is suing over, he's suing Kemp, or not Kemp, but the state over the, quote, unconstitutional law um, that allows people in elected office to have those committees that they can fundraise unlimited amounts on. It's not a PAC, it's it's something else, but um, in Georgia, or Kemp has the Georgians first committee or whatever, and Kemp is, or Purdue is saying that it's unconstitutional because it only applies to like elected people. And so, but there's lots of laws that only apply to elected people because if you're well, not elected, you don't have. Yeah, you don't you have know? the fundraising blackout if you're unelected. Right. Starting eight thirty today, the elected guys can't raise any money in the state house. Yeah. And for forty and legislative days, they can't. And neither can any constitutional officer. Like Kemp is not allowed to either when the right. legislature. So, they can't raise any money. They've got to take. Uh, I think it's antidote is uh, is the site most most of them use for for payment. They have to take that off their websites. Which I think is so stupid. I mean, if like all those lobbyists write them a check, um, you know, leading up to this, and and if they if they don't, they just say. We've got you. Come, uh, you know, when session's over, we've got your back. We're going to send you the max or whatever it is. Like, they just make promises and it's their word. And, like, it it, it doesn't stop any corruption or unethical behavior. It's just like, give me a break. Right. I understand the intent of it. But like like I said before, morality. you take Chateaubriand and you throw it in a sausage grinder and what comes out? Something stupid. Oh, man. So Butch Miller has a plan to to ban absentee ballot boxes. Yeah, he's already, I think he pre-filed the legislation, but, you know, he's running to be our next lieutenant governor. He's the um, Senate pro tem right now. So, um, But can he throw a curveball? I don't give a shit if he can do anything. (laughs) I mean, I want to know, like, God. Freaking Jeff Duncan. I can't wait for him to... Uh, don't let the door hit you in the way out. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't... We never I, should have had these ballot boxes right, in the first I, place. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with, with this one. No, but he voted to put them in place. Ah, well, there you go. You know, I mean, he voted in the comprehensive overhaul. I mean, yes, Raffensperger did it as a... Um, what's it called? Uh emergency rule you know during covid they put the ballot boxes around and then in senate bill 202 which is our elections bill that we're getting the state's getting sued on left and right these were in there and and there was no initiative to ban them but now you know i was for them before i was against them yeah before i was running for lieutenant governor so we have my good friend speaker ralston Endorsing legalized gambling in uh, a constitutional amendment. Mm-hmm. So the the conversation is to put um, paramutual horse racing, uh, casinos, all of it, sports betting, all of it on one um, initiative and ask the voters, you know, because this has to go by constitutional amendment. Um, and instead of trying to do each one piecemeal, because every year, you know, Ron Stevens will do this one and um, Alan Powell will do horse racing. And it's inst- so instead they would just talk about gambling as a whole, put it on the ballot, pull the voters. And then um, this is what ticks me off is that 
they want to put it on the ballot and then come back the following year if it passes and do the enabling legislation, which is not how we do it in any of our other constitutional amendments. If you recall the stripper bill and the Outdoors Act and the Stewardship Act and um, every one of them, they they do them together so that, of course, not everybody wants to go look at the legislation. But if somebody wanted to look at the, the accompanying enabling legislation, like what will this constitutional amendment actually do? It's already been a pat, like approved and they're held to that. This would allow them to pull us and you know how stupid voters are and then come back well, and basically do whatever they want. It's, it's how the, how the, the prop is written. Uh, just like with school taxes. Uh, are you willing to give one cent to save children or do you hate puppies? Right. But it wouldn't even be that concise like it would be worse than that because they would have no boundaries and guidelines to stay into they would come back and set the guidelines after which they did a little bit with the outdoor stewardship act but there was still a framework in place that they had to adhere to and look i certainly think that sports betting should be legal in georgia uh I don't care if people gamble, but I but I will say in no community outside of Las Vegas has a casino been good. No, no. And I have a huge problem with I mean, we always talk about legalizing gambling and legalizing casinos and legalizing sports betting. I don't want it legalized because then the government is involved in creating their racket. That is my problem with every single bill that we've had so far is that the government is going to decide who can run it. The government is going to decide where they go. They're doing their own, quote, lottery system to place them. The government is completely in control when it should be you're decriminalizing the behavior so that the government can't, you know, just have their filthy hands in it. And the argument is, oh, well, we need to tax them so that we can have um, rehabilitation programs for the people who have gambling addictions and restitution and all that. Can well, you- there's also another argument for it, especially with gaming machines. When you have a gaming commission, uh, the machines are inspected. They're, they're, there's a cert- You can set a slot machine to be as tight or as loose as you want. Uh, there's no such thing as a random mechanical item, especially especially with computers. Is there is an algorithm they have that sets up this machine is going to pay out a certain percentage of the time, and that's regulated by the state. That's uh, ridiculous. If you want to gamble and you're going to get screwed, then that's on you. I, I'm just telling you what it is. It, 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 these people that go into these these uh, uh, gas stations and play. <laughs> Let Those them mach- get raked over the coals. Well, well, that's what's happening. Yeah, good. Uh, that, well, yeah, I agree. They're stupid. You're a consumer. You don't. You don't. The government can't protect you, and it shouldn't protect you. And if you want to spend your day pulling a lever at the gas station, then you should be broke. Well, I, I agree. And look, and I'm somebody who gambles. I, I go to Biloxi. I'll go to Vegas. I, I, I play poker. I'd rather go to the mall. Yeah, you're def- definitely going to lose there. Best no, joke. You get to bring something home. Best joke I ever heard was a it was an old woman comedian, and she says, I, "We went to Vegas last week. My husband forgot his glasses. He spent the entire weekend playing the the, uh, the change machine. He broke even." <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, as we're winding up our first episode, number two hundred, and the first of twenty twenty two. What are your closing thoughts? I don't really have any except that I'm just a little bit sorry about, you know, what's coming over the next 40 days at the legislature because there'll be a lot more bleeps and I just spend a lot of time mad. And so, it's, you know, that's it. Well, I have one on government vindictiveness. So Matt Lowe, uh, for longtime listeners, know this, but he was a, a former uh, co-host of this show. He is my co-host on our hunting and fishing show, uh, Surf and Turf. Was a dabbled in journalism a few years ago. He actually writes better than he than he talks. Hmm. Put in a Freedom of Information Act for the city of Dallas in Paulding County. 
over a brew pub that was trying to open and was stonewalled. And he went to the city and and continually pushed this like, hey, you're breaking the law. You have to give me the FOIA request. You have to do it. It has to cost this. He finally got the uh, the uh, attorney general involved. And the term, and that office, and this again, this is four years ago, uh, came and, and hammer as much as they hammer the city, like you know, you have to hand this over, and got it. So Matt happened to be with a mutual friend of ours who owns a owns several businesses in, in Paulding County, uh, and went to the business uh, business development office because he's trying trying to do some uh, uh, upgrades and things like that. And if you get business development on your side. Uh, it's a lot easier to get permits. So this woman just is like really, really off that day. And our mutual friend has dealt with them before and, and all that. So uh, Drew goes in the, the next day. He's like, that was Matt Lowe. Like, yeah. I knew him by sight in the community development office from pushing the issue Four years ago. Four years ago on something that they are required to do. Mm-mm. How do you hold a grudge over something you were supposed to do anyway for nearly half a decade? And That's know government. Him, and know him by sight. Now I understand people know Matt Lowe by or Matt Troll, as as a lot of us call him, by reputation, but knew him by sight. And this is a guy who didn't say anything; was just happened to be riding along with him. I don't know if they're going out to lunch or something. Just happened to be riding along with him. That one is hilarious. It is that that he and it shows how rattled they were. By yeah. him asking questions a couple years ago, which he never did get the answers to. No, he got the he got the FOIA. Uh, the the attorney general forced him to get to to, to get it. Uh, but he, they are so vindictive over having to do their own damn job. They're still mad about it, and they're still mad almost half a decade later. So that, ladies and gentlemen. Is government at work or not? (laughs) (laughs) So, for Eric Cumbie, our editor, for Jessica Salagi, my co host and brains of the operation, I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week. I came from the mud, there's dirt on my hands.
Sunrise